Welcome to For the Health of It. I'm your host, Corian K. Pad Padgett, and this is your number one source for all things sports, health, and fitness related. Oh, hold on, Coach. What does For the Health of It stand for? Good question, Austin. The For and For the Health of It stands for our four principles, which are mindset, movement, nutrition, and recovery. Okay, cool. Let's do it for the health of it then. Welcome to another edition of For the Health of It. I'm your host, Corian K. Pad Padgett, and today I have with me a Gulf Coast native, uh, a former. Well, I don't know if he's the former. I don't, I don't know if he loses the title or not. But uh, pound for pound, pound for pound, world's strongest man, Richard Hawthorne. Richard, how you doing, sir? I'm great. Great. Thanks for having me on, y'all. We appreciate you. So uh, I already mentioned it. So how does that work? Does does that title stay with you or? Well, um, well, what what it is is I was named the first. Well, I was the first person to ever lift 11 times my body weight in powerlifting raw, okay? Um, what raw means in powerlifting is that you just have um, actually plastic raw, just belt, and I wore knee wraps. Um, but to say I was the first in history for anybody ever to hit 11 times body weight, that's just strictly getting – the, the the total amount of weight that's um that's divided up into three movements squat bench and deadlift you know you get that total and then you divide your body weight to that number um it's been i know it's probably one other person that i know for a fact that has done that but the 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 number as far as uh, times body weight has been I have had the highest um, highest uh, divided number. Um, that was in 2013. Um, there could have been somebody. Um, I'm not sure, but um, as of then and to this day, I believe I still have that highest uh, coefficient number. Okay, hey, so uh, talk to me about that, man. Talk to me a little bit uh, about your journey into powerlifting, because you're. Uh, you're not 40 yet, right? You're what, 36? 37. 37, okay. Uh, so you're a couple years older than me. You, you went to St. Martin, correct? That's correct. Good deal, good deal. Uh, so how did you get started into body, uh, not bodybuilding, how did you get started into mm -hmm. powerlifting? Well, um, biggest thing is uh, my ninth grade year, um, going into my ninth grade year, they have powerlifting in, you know, in St. Martin. And um, I was new to it, you know, uh, my eighth grade year and seventh grade year. Yes, I was introdu introduced into um, lifting, but it was just, you know, field house type stuff. You know what I mean? Everybody want to play football, you know what I mean? So you got to be in the weight room. But um, my ninth grade year, uh, they needed a 114er. Okay. And, um, they didn't have one, and one of my good friends and his brother stayed in the neighborhood with me, and it was like, hey, uh, we're lacking a 114-er. Uh, would you, you know, would you be interested? And, you know, I was, like, kind of hesitant, you know, and it was like, man, you're light. Um, you'll be great at it. So they, they boosted my head up, you know what I mean? And um, I decided to do it, and uh, the first meet – that I had, I didn't have anybody to compete against. 
No, obviously, <laughs> if they was obviously if they was looking for a one fourteen or you know in this in in St. Martin, obviously it's it's a it was a um, a weight class that wasn't as predominant, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in that region. You see what I'm saying? So um, going into regionals for um, for powerlifting, um, it was just me. So I got to lift, you know, whatever I did. Actually, it was one other person. Um, but I got to lift, and I, I won it. And then uh, the second meet, because there's only three competitions that whole year, you know, right. in powerlifting. So you have regionals, you have South State, and you have State. That's crazy. Yeah, all right. Uh, um, uh, so um, South State came along, and there were uh, two other people. You know, um, I lifted in it and um, it was a little closer, you know, um, but I pulled it off. And then um, came state, you know, my ninth grade year, I got up there and it was a full roster. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I got competition, you know what I mean? So um, looking and it was, it was, I want to say eight, eight competitors. Um, um, it was pretty intense. Uh, it was the first time that I had to worry about, obviously, because I only had two competitions before that. I had to worry about what other people were doing. Okay, and typically, still then, I and still to this day, I I never think about what the other people doing. But since it was my first meet of real competition, it had me you know, wondering, you know, but, um, when it's all, when it was all said and done with, or before it was all said and done with, it came down to the last lift. I was down X amount of weight. Um, and I had to pull a certain amount of weight to tie. Okay. And in powerlifting, in powerlifting, when, when you're the lightest person, Mm-hmm. and you tie the actual weight of somebody who weighs heavier than you, then you you're win. the winner. Right. So um, I pulled whatever I needed to pull. I can't remember. I was 114, so it was, I was probably somewhere around uh, 250 and above. I want to say it was between 250 and 315, okay? Maybe 275. I'm, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But um, – I actually pulled it off. It was a long, you know, uh, fault lift, and I pulled it off, and um, uh, it started from there. I was hooked, okay? I was hooked because of the simple fact that, one, it was all on me. Um, one, because it was something new, and I, and, and I it, it came to me a little bit naturally, you know. Two, is because it was, like I said at first, it's on me. I realized whatever I put into this, whether my success or failure, it's on me, okay? I'm the person that had to show up to work out, whatever. So if I'm going to do this, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to lose. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I know it's in my hands. So um, I was, I was stuck there. Um to, to, to say this, after I won that meet, 
um, literally, I remember sitting there or standing there with my coach in front of me and another one of my um, teammates on the side of me. And they was talking and I was um, and I was kind of zoned out. Right. And I can hear them. I can hear them talk. And uh, they was excited, you know, about about my win and about how we did as the few lifters that got to advance the state, how we did as a whole. And I was zoned out and then I looked up at both of them. And I said at that moment in ninth grade that I was going to become the pound for pound strongest person in the world. 13, 13 years prior to me actually uh, achieving that. Nice. That's what's up, man. That's, that is what's up. So uh, let's fast forward uh, through high school. Are you, are you playing any other sports before your senior year or are you just strictly all powerlifting now? So I was an athlete because of the neighborhood I grew up in. We played sports all day, every day. Um, so uh, um, we stayed outside. So in school, I wanted to play every sport, you know. Um, I've played every, you know, big um, big league sport as far as, you know, baseball, football, basketball, you know. But through high school or junior high to my, my 10th grade year, I played uh, football, basketball, ran track, and powerlifting. Okay. My tenth, after my 10th grade year, I decided, okay, I'm not playing anything else. This is what I want. This is what I love. I'm sticking with powerlifting. So my 11th and 12th grade year, that's all I did. Good deal. Good deal. So uh, you, you, won, you won state your ninth grade year, correct? Yes. Did you win your 10th? Did you win all throughout? So I went, I went um, my 10th grade year, one state, 11th grade year, one state. And um, my 12th grade, I was going to win state, but actually I got DQ'd. Um, it's an interesting story. Well, not that interesting, but um, in high school, they have what is called briefs, okay? Right. Um, this was, um, you have... Um, your suit, and then you have your belt, and you have what are called briefs. They they don't allow anything longer than what uh, whitey tighties are, you know. And um, it was their honest mistake, and I forgot. Um, so I was getting ready to actually it was going to be an all time record. It was going to be a 500, 500 pound squat at one thirty two um, in high school, and um, um, they noticed it and they gave me five minutes. They gave me five minutes to get out my suit, change and be back up. Not even that, three minutes. Get out my suit, uh, take those those briefs off, put something else back on and put on my suit, which if anybody is familiar with- It takes five minutes lifting, just to get it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, at that point, at that point I was like, I'm just going to squat, you know what I mean? I know it's going to get DQ'd um, because it was no use, you know. Um, and um, um, did my squat. Uh, I I did it, but of course it didn't count. And then right. it just went from there. Got DQ'd for that, for that competition. But it is what it is, you know. Right, right, um, right. 
um, I left with three years uh, state champion and still holds um, all-time records um, to this day. Um, I've been training kids um, in powerlifting for a while, in high school powerlifting for a while. And last year, um, one one kid broke my squat record. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it was exciting to see. A lot of people get you know mad with stuff like that, but that just shows growth, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's that's something to admire, you know what I mean? Because all records will be broken no matter what. Somebody somebody could can hit two thousand pounds, you know, in something, and as soon as they do it, everybody mind and and will seize it and be like, oh, it's possible. And then that record just yeah. You know what I mean? So records will constantly go up. It, it, it's going to get crazier and crazier. But it was amazing to see that squat record that I had, all-time squat record that I had, uh, be broken, you know. Right. But I still hold uh, pretty much all those um, for the high school. Okay. So uh, let's talk about your, your – you, you seem like a naturally strong or naturally athletic guy. Do you think that's uh, genetics or talk to me about it? It's environment. Okay. Like my neighbor, like I talked talk about my neighborhood briefly. Um, I'm a runt. Everybody know. Um, right. I'm still to this day. I'm 37. I'm five three, 135 pounds. You know, fluctuating between 130 and 135. Um, the neighborhood that I grew up in, Cedar Grove, um, over in St. Martin. Um, we have a neighborhood park. Okay, we had a neighborhood park, and with this neighborhood park. We had abundance of kids that was out there every day, all day, competing. So I'm a runt. Not only that I was a runt, I was born in 83. So the range of kids, age range of kids, were from 8 to 18. And I was one of the youngest, okay? And they always competed, you know? And I remember strictly me and my cousin – were very competitive and wanted to play with all the older kids. So um, at a very young age, I learned how to troubleshoot. So in order for me to play with them, I had to realize I'm not as tall as them, I'm not as big as them, and I'm not as fast as them. Mm -hmm. What can I do to actually play and compete? But not only compete, but find something that I'm better at in each individual sport or whatever playing manhunt or whatever that I can I can figure out that I can not only compete but be better than them, you know? And from growing in that environment from age eight all the way up to 18, that's how I looked at everything, you know? I troubleshoot it. So what that actually made me do naturally, which I didn't understand then, was the fact that in powerlifting, this is why I'm so good at powerlifting, is when I'm looking at something, I'm a lines, angles, leverage guy. So mm-hmm. I'm looking in the means of trigonometry and physics. So not understanding that at that time, but that's what I do. I assess things and I'm looking for leverages. How can I do this better using less energy? Right. And that stuck with me, not only that aspect, but the aspect of when I was playing with them, you think they let up on me? No. Of course they, 
they came and they roughed me up, you know, just because, you know, when you're an older person and you feel forced in a way or somebody do pick the younger person, they feel forced playing with somebody younger, you know what I mean? So they'd be like, okay, well, you want to play. We're going to show you how we play. We're going to play. So um, that mindset of how I looked at things and approached things, but also, you know, um, that mindset of, oh, you um, oh, you want to play? You're going to have to go through the fire. You know what I mean? And, right. and I'm saying, okay, you can do it. I can do it. And I'm going to show you. So that just developed me as a person as I grew up from that, from my neighborhood. Okay. Uh, so Austin doesn't know about this, man, but uh, being from the coast, you know, I'm from Biloxi. Uh, but there, there seems to be a little bit of beef between uh, Diaberville and St. Mark. Uh, okay. Yeah, you ever experienced yep. anything? You said you're from Cedar Grove. Well, what you know about that forest? Yeah. Uh, forest Cove. Forest Cove. Uh, <laughs> y'all was, y'all was all right. Y'all was all right. Well, not that um, I'm, from, I'm from the east side. I'm from Lux. I'm from Lux. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, well, there was always competitiveness between. Of course, it was, it was a, it was a rival. Um, but um. It's uh, it was intense. It was real intense a little bit before my time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but it was still a hard when it was on the field. You know, playing the game, it was still a hard rival. You know what I mean? But um, when it came to you know, like with all well, not with all schools because you know, Alexi and Gufford, it's still it's still rough. You know what I mean? True. That. It, that's a that's a that's a real rough rival, you know what I mean? Real true, you know, it gets, you know, gets to that point sometimes. Um, but um, to tell you, to, to, to give a dynamic of Yadville, um, St. Martin, um, St. Martin always had pure athletes. I mean, when it comes to talent mm-hmm. and it comes to grit, St. Martin always had it. Diaberville always had great coaching. Gotcha. So it was a it, – it was always that, okay? Um, so because you can look at it in the sports, um, sports era. Now, when it came to, like, things like football, mm-hmm. uh, football and baseball at the time, St. Martin always been a pretty good baseball, but football, baseball, like they always did better as teams because they had great coaching. Okay. Um, but when it came to things like uh, track, tennis, cross country, um, uh, powerlifting, the individual that's athlete. where the individual athlete because they were ready and they was willing to work. But not only that, you know, um, it was more so, yeah, it was more so I put in what I need to put in and then we worked collectively, even though it was, you know, individually, we still worked as a group because coaches in track and, and things like that, they coach, but they really don't coach in high school. You know what I mean? Um, so, so, um, so we came together great because we were individuals who wanted to win. Um, can y'all still see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, 
I gotta charge my phone real quick. But um, um, we were great individually, and we understood what we wanted. Okay, so that's how that happened. So the 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 rivalry between us and Diaboville, um, which you can see, you know, we had great athletes, but we the coaches wasn't as up to par. So some decisions, and not saying that we. Not saying that all our coaches we had weren't great, you know. I mean, it wasn't good. We had a great coach, which I don't know if you remember the name because I think he went to Biloxi. Was uh, Kelly Kazi? Um, he was a great coach, and that was that was the only football great football coach that I know St. Martin has ever had. He was a he was a great coach, um, and we had a he had great years with him, but. Um, that was the difference. That's, you know, that's how that, how to, you know, the Avil St. Martin as far as uh, rivalry, you know, went. Makes sense. Makes sense. So uh, now that you're out of high school at this point in the storyline, uh, what happens in between uh, 2003 and 2013? How do you go from being best in the state to the best in the world? Are you ready for this? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, also, also, if you can go into uh, finances of it, how are you uh, financing yourself? Uh, bit, okay, I, I'll, I'll go into that. Uh, let's get this this little story first. Um, so, um, two thousand three, I, I graduated, um, and um, I continue wanting to do powerlifting. You know. Um, Obviously, you know, that's okay with, you know, your family and your friends. It's looked upon as like, oh, you got a high school, still can power lift, you know. Before I got out of high school, I was already doing national and international meets, you, you know. I had a couple world records already. Um, uh, and in my senior year, I got world record. But after high school, I did my first, I did my first full meet of doing all three in Georgia and um, um, as a teenager I qualified um, for a competition that's called the WPO at that that point WPO was a it was a show so the best of the best were allowed um, you know you had to qualify that's the West Side um, Barbell guys and all them right no um, they competed there heavily um, but WPO was, I mean, it was in, it was, it was, yeah, it was uh, worldwide. So um, you had everybody, you know, you had Germans, Russians, you had Australians, you know, every, everybody. Gotcha. Um, but it was a small group. Um, it was an honor to be able to lift in there, but to even think that I was going to win would be crazy. Because not only that I'm one of the youngest, and you'll you'll notice the pattern, but not only that I, I was the youngest, I was one of the lightest. And the way they set those those competitions up is they group weight classes. Mm -hmm. So from 132 to 165. So it's 132, 148s, and 165s. So whoever came out with the highest total wins. If you break more records, you get 
highest total wins and you yeah you win money all that you know belt whatever and then whoever if you break any all-time world records you win some money as well so for every uh all-time world record i think it was a thousand bucks at the time um but um so that's what i did right off i i, I was able to um getting to that um i did that my 2003, 2004, 2000, the beginning of 2005. So 2005, uh, 2000, well, every March they have the Arnold Classic. Right. Okay. Uh, it's the first weekend. It's the first weekend in March. And that's actually the ending of, at that point, now it's no season, but at that point it was the ending of powerlifting okay that season and 2005 that's where the auto classic you have the finals of the wpo so you have a qualifier which is the organization is was apf then then you go to um the semifinals okay which was usually held at uh um a um a um i can't even think it think of it um a big show, which was uh, the semifinals for the WPO, and then you have the finals, okay, right. at the Arnold Classic. Um, and I did that meet, and um, and um, that was 2005. After I did that meet, I had a magazine, um, I had a magazine interview, mm -hmm. and um, and this is significant later on in in, in the story, but. In that interview, they said they they went over you know what I wanted to do um, for the coming up competition WPO competition, which was going to happen in November. What I was expecting to do, what I was getting ready to do, and um, at that point, this was equipment, and I advanced pretty pretty uh, a, a good bit, but not only that. I had a suit, which are you familiar with the Enzer suit, the canvas suit? Okay. Are you? No, okay. So th this is, okay. So it's a heavy duty suit, you know what I mean? Um, but in training in it, I hit a 722 squat for a double. Wow. So in training, I'm thinking, okay, I did this for a double. Um, this is at 132 pounds. So in training i hit a double so they asked me what what i'm expecting and so i'm just like i'm i'm taking the record i'm going to attend. i did 722 so easily i'm looking at 700 okay i'm just like expect for me to come out and break this all-time world record you know what i mean so um i was looking for that and then it was like okay for the last question it's like what do you see yourself in five years and i said um I see, I see myself having a gym in five years. And um, that was it. All right. Mind you, again, this is 2005. Right. Come, come August, that's when Katrina hit. Katrina hit. August, yep, August 28th or 29th, something yeah, like that. Something like that. So August 28th, 29th, um, Katrina hit. At that point, right after that interview, right before the interview, um, 
I found out that my my daughter's mom was pregnant. So Katrina hit, lost both my jobs because all I was doing at the time was working both my jobs and training. Well, and okay. what were you doing for your jobs at the time? Um, I worked at Winn Dixie. Okay. Um, and I did everything at Winn Dixie. <laughs> and um, I worked at Sicily's. Gotcha. Okay, Sicily's Pizza. Um, okay. What's that? Over there yeah, on Lemoyne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, over there on Lemoyne. So lost both my jobs. And then, um, so not 11 days, so about 12 days after Katrina, my daughter was born. So new dad, no jobs, everything is in turmoil. turmoil and my, my daughter was born in a half-open um, hospital. Wow. Uh, so scared, you know, uh, terrified, you know. Um, and uh, um, at that point, I immediately, when my daughter was born, the next day, I secured a job down at the Bow rebuilding. Well, first gutting it out and, you know, busting out all the sheetrock, getting all, I mean, there was some bodies and stuff like that down there, but it was just a, it was a total mess. But so I would leave, I left Biloxi Regional the next day, walked down the street to the Bow and started working. And that was a 16 hour job, you know. Um, so from that, from that point on, in between to that point, 2005, to 2000 and early 2000, late 2007, early 2008. Okay. I was going in and out of jobs. And this is an interesting point. And it's because I got to look back at, you know, how everything played out. But um, when I lost that bow job, when it was done, okay, that contract was done. I lost it. They they didn't need anybody anymore. Um, it took me two months to find another job. Mm. Um, if I can remember, I think that was a security job on base at the hospital. I had that job for a few months. Lost that job due to higher bidder contracts. And that's how you know that's how the uh, system works. The bases work. Yeah. Lost that job. Um, and it took me four months, I want to say it was four months, to find another job. Um, I can't remember what job that was, but I lost that job. And in between that last job, it took me eight months to find a job. That was just, wow. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was hard. But um, after that, um, I think it was either... I was working at a casino, uh, room service, or something, and then I switched. Um, I made a few switches. I uh, went from one casino to another casino. And then uh, eventually, I got to uh, start training at eFitness. Gotcha. Um, mind you, from 2005 and 2000 and, uh I want to say early 2009, early 2008, I wasn't working out at all because I had a new family. I had to bust my butt, you know, 
Right. Um, and that was more important, even though it was still in me and I wanted to do it, you know, I, I just didn't have the time. Um, but, um, um, I eventually got to start back training. And, uh, when I started back training at this gym, you know, people started to hear, Oh, that's such and such. And he did this or that. And they approached me. He was like, Oh, why don't you train here? So I started training there. Uh, I want to say that was 2000 and that was late 2008 mm-hmm. or late 2008 when I started training there and um, trained for a competition, did my first competition in forever. And I actually came back and broke my last deadlift um, um, world record. Gotcha. You know, um, I trained for a good solid um I don't know. I think it was probably six months. I okay. came back and and um, it was still in me. I still had to fire. It's not a physical thing, and we'll get into that later. But it's not a physical thing. It's a it's a mental thing of really what you want. And I already had the upbringing and and that instilled in what I wanted. You know, so that happened. Eventually, I continued to train at E Fitness as a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You good? I plugged up the phone, but it wasn't plugged up in the. Can you see me? Yes. It wasn't plugged up in the socket. Um. So at that point, um. Um, I was training as a personal trainer, and then it was called Prezi Prezi Speed School. I yeah. started training. Yeah, yeah. So I started training athletes. Cause it was right up my alley because I was already good at angles, you know, you know, teaching people how to run and things like that. So it was just, that was natural to me, the angles and understanding all that. So I started training there. And as I was training there and working out at eFitness, um, the, the eFitness just wasn't conducive anymore. They had some, some equipment problems. Um, the last day that I was there, me and my, my partner was training and one of the, the uh, isolated benches that does the decline. Uh, I was, I was um, lifting doing decline benches and that, that decline actually collapsed on me while I had 225 on the bar. If that was anybody else, they would have been seriously hurt. But um, that was the last day. And that was that was um that was when me and my partner started looking for spaces and in two thousand late two thousand ten I had my gym uh which was five years legitimately five years from when they asked me you know what did I see myself in five years so yeah. um we opened up a little dry dock storage um it was eight hundred square feet um at that time, I had left, in between that time, I had left um, the gym as far as work-wise, and I was a bartender, and I was saving, just making some mad money. I was slinging drinks, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I saved up some money, and um, and uh, 
I started filling the gym up with equipment, you know, yeah, it was 800 square feet. And then, you know, people wanted to lift around me, wanted to be around me and, and experience some of the, the things that I picked up in my experience. And uh, it started, it started as that 800 square feet went to 1600 square feet, went from 1600 square feet to 20, uh, 2400 in that dry dock storage. And then um, um, four years, five years later in that spot, I was blessed to um, somebody to, to invest in me and put some of my money in to, um, to develop and create what I had over here in Diaville. Suddenly that's everybody know it as, as, as of now, right. you know, it's a uh, 20, 22,000 square feet. Nice, nice, nice. So uh, I'm going to stop you right here, Rich. We'll go in part one right here, and we'll go pick up with part two.